You're listening to a sermon from New City Fellowship in Manassas, Virginia. New City Fellowship is a diverse community that proclaims the gospel and makes disciples for the glory of God and the renewal of our city. For more information, visit newcityfellowship.net. Five, one through five. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, New City Fellowship. How is everyone doing? Praise God. Let me hear it again. Praise God. Praise God. We are alive and well, so we have to be thankful and grateful for that this morning. I'm one of the pastors here at New City Fellowship, and I will be continuing the series on walking with God. So today we will be talking about walking with God through pain and suffering. Let us pray. Father, I pray that you would reveal to us the plan that you have for our lives through your word, and that your word would be a light to our feet and a lamp unto our path. We know that when your word is sent out, it will not return void, that it will accomplish all that it was sent to do. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Praise God this morning. He is great and he is greatly to be praised. It's one of the most wonderful phrases that I like to say all the time. We're going to be talking about walking with God through pain and suffering. Suffering is at the very heart of the Christian faith. It is the only way, and the very only way that Christ became like us, and he redeemed us. But it is one of the main ways we become like him and experience his redemption. And that means that our suffering, despite its painfulness, is filled with purpose and youthfulness. Have you ever walked through a situation in life that left you wondering why God would allow you to experience the hurt and the pain. I must admit that some suffering in life is a result of poor choices. But the reality is that every believer, every believer will walk through pain and suffering and non-believers also. There is no way to avoid it. It is out of our control. Life is so fragile, and life is so tragic because of the fall. Jesus tells us 
himself in John 16:33, he said, I have said these things to you that in me you have peace, but in the world you will have tribulation. It's coming. But take heart that I have overcome the world. Here Jesus reminds us that we will have trials and sorrows and that he will not leave us alone to figure it out ourselves. He promised us peace because he has overcome the world. I would like to share with you my experience with pain and suffering. I'm pretty sure many of you can respond and say yes. The same is in my life. Both of my parents were believers, and I have witnessed suffering just about all my life. My father was born with an enlarged heart and wasn't expected to live very long. As children, we would often see him very sick and, and near-through experiences, and my mother would be right by his side. But God would raise him up again and again. He lived to reach 52 years of age. And then my mother had an aneurysm at the age of 42, which left her paralyzed for several years in a wheelchair. My sister died of cancer 2015, and a brother who died of an infection of the bowels a few years later. What suffering, what suffering that we face. Church, listen at this. Four years ago, my wife suffered memory loss. Now my wife jokes about it and say, I asked God why, and he hasn't answered me yet. I guess he don't want me to know. We have faced many trials and suffering before that, but this was perhaps the hardest yet because it was so unexpected, and it could happen to you too. What are you facing this morning? Are you facing sickness? Are you facing cancer? Death of a loved one? A broken relationship? A broken marriage? Suffering means that the state of undergoing pain, distress, or hardship, or being under some type of pressure. When you become a Christian, did you realize that suffering would be a part of your life. What is the right response to these tragedies and sufferings that can cause us to do one or two things, be driven closer to God, or you can allow yourself to be driven away from God? But this morning, Paul wants us to know three things by asking these three questions. Paul wants us to know three things. How do we respond to our suffering when it comes into our life? How do we respond to it? And how can we rejoice in our suffering? When we're going through suffering, you mean to say we rejoice? Why do we? We are that allows us to endure through suffering. I would attempt to read Romans 5, 1 through, 1 through 5 again and listen very closely. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. 
Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that sufferings produce endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The word, therefore, takes us back to what has already been established in the previous chapters. Romans chapter 4, Paul is telling us that Abraham was justified by faith and not by works. He said that Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Then in verse 23, he says, but the word, it was counted to him, were not written for him alone. Not alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus Christ our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Just when you and I thought we knew all the benefits of our salvation, God keeps surprising us. Paul tells us that we have been stand. He is telling us that we ought to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, in which we do. We glory in all those things. We boast about being saved by grace and not of faith. Least any one of us can boast. Then he surprises us and say, not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering. Are you surprised at this? This is contrary to what we normally think of suffering. How many of you pursue suffering? How many of you can't wait till it happened to you? How many? Suffering is painful. It is messy. Sometimes it is unbearable. Sometimes it stops life in its tracks. When we think of suffering, it disrupts life. Life that you thought you was going to live. Life that you thought you were going to enjoy. You had big plans. But here comes suffering. Look with me and see how verse 3 begins. Not only that, but we rejoice. How verse 3 begins links it directly to what we just seen in verses 1 through 2. Because of our justification, we are people who rejoice, who boast, who glory and exalt. We rejoice at being at peace with God. We rejoice in our access into grace, and we rejoice in the hope of glory of God. But here we see that Paul is not done describing our rejoicing. There's another reason to rejoice in verse 3. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering. How can this be? How can we rejoice in suffering? The answer is in verse 2. We are standing in his grace, but we are saved by grace. The grace of God that you don't deserve, but we are saved by grace through faith. At least anyone of us could boast. It is free. This is God's omnipotent power to help us through, though we don't deserve it. You don't, when you're suffering, you don't deserve the grace that God pours upon you. You deserve judgment. 
you deserve punishment, but he has saved us by his grace, so he will never leave us nor forsake us. The power of rejoice in suffering comes from the grace that we receive by trusting God's promises. In your lifetime, you're going to face some type of suffering or affliction. This is what verses 3 to 5 is all about. How shall we understand them and respond to them? Paul's answer is that pain and suffering have a gracious purpose in the life of a Christian, and we should rejoice in them. Come to my first question. How do we respond in our suffering? We are to rejoice in him instead of murmuring and complaining about them. Paul is no spectator here, but he is a fellow sufferer. Paul's suffering were long and hard and much harder than we will ever face. And I'm saying to myself, man, this is the hard when my wife fell and, for, and didn't have no memory. This is the hardest thing that I ever faced. But we would never face the sufferings that Paul went through. If you want to know what he went through, you need to turn to 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, 24 through the 29th verse. But here Paul wants to let us know in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he says he's going through. He approached Christ three times to relieve him from this suffering. Three times. Paul. Paul, the apostle. Paul, who was called to reach the Gentile nations. He cried out to God three times to release him from this suffering. You would think Christ would do that, right? So that he could move on and do what he was called to do. But here's what Christ said. My grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, Paul said, therefore, I would rather boast. I would rather rejoice. I would rather exult about my weaknesses. Why? So that the power of Christ may dwell in me. The same in Romans 5, 3, we rejoice in our suffering. It is the whole array of distresses and weaknesses and sicknesses and difficulties. Means the same thing in our suffering in verse 3. Not just persecutions. Not only talking about persecutions, but any affliction, any suffering that you're going through. You can know this morning that because of the grace that we stand in, listen, we stand in God's grace. Grace don't stop when you get saved. Each one of us that know Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior, we stand in his grace. Whatever you go through, whatever you suffer, he's totally you. I'll never forget when my wife was totally, didn't even know me or anyone. And it was a funny thing that she always wanted me to sit by her side. Now it's different. <laughs> but, <laughs> but four years ago, it was like, don't you move, you sit right here. It was amazing because sometimes when she wake up and she would come to the kitchen table, she would have a plain sheet of paper like this and she would sit there and just go round and round with a pencil. And I'm looking like, what in the world are you doing? She said, and she called, started calling me Joe again. Joe? I'm like, what? She said, this is my round and around and around. And then one morning she woke up and she says, 
Can you tell me what this is? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Oh, my God. When she said that, I knew the reality that through our suffering, through that terrible ordeal, through all that pain, through all that crying out, that God was in the midst of all that. But why would God cause her to fall? Uh, not, not cause, I'm sorry. God, I'm so sorry. Why would God allow her to fall and forget everything? Why would he abandon her and leave her? No, he was with her. And then she said, Joe, what is this? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I knew that God was with her. You can know this morning that because of grace that you stand in, we can rejoice in our suffering knowing that our pain and suffering have a purpose in our life. It's coming to the second question. How can we rejoice in our suffering? By knowing God is shaping for himself an eternal people. You thought you did it all once you believed in God and accepted him as your Lord and Savior, and now you're saved by grace, and man, now I'm going to live this blissful life. Nothing can touch me, and nothing can hurt me. But God has another plan for you and me. So by knowing God is shaping for himself an eternal people. Through suffering, God is changing us into the image of his son. No matter how beautiful Romans 28 is, and it is beautiful, we know that for those who love God, and you check yourself and say, mm, I love God. All things work together for good. Man, God is going to just put a bunch of good things in my life. For all things work for our God. I mean, that's what we think when we, when we start reading that, right? For those who are called according to his purpose. Yes, God called me to be a Christian, to be a witness for him, to tell the good news of Jesus Christ. For those whom he foreknew before time began, he foreknew, he predestined you and me to be what? Conformed. <laughs> That's that word, conform to the image of his son. He predestined, he foreknew that you were going to suffer and that he was going to use that suffering to change you. Suffering has a purpose in your life. For those who foreknew and predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, through suffering, God is changing us to the image of his son. Paul is saying here, we grow in the furnace of affliction. This is how you grow. You thought all it took was just read the Bible and you're gonna grow, right? Sing a couple of verses, you know, sing a couple of verses and songs and, and you're growing. But no, Paul is saying here, we grow in the furnace of affliction. When we talk about a furnace, we're talking about fire. I think about the Hebrew boys and they, King heated up the furnace seven times hotter than it was. God works in us by putting us into the furnace, by allowing us to come in and out of seasons of suffering. Sometimes you say to yourself, man, will it ever stop? It don't have to be physical. It can be financial. It can be mentally. It can be anything that causes you to be under pressure. 
to cause you to be distressed. God's preparing us for our home in heaven. Why? Why do we have to go through suffering? Why do we have to go through that? Second Rhythm 417 says, for this light momentary affliction, he calls the worst suffering that we go through in this world, he calls it light momentarily affliction. But he is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. What you go through here on earth, no matter what it is, would never compare to what lies ahead. Never. God uses the furnace of affliction because we have much lingering corruption and impurity in us. Do we think we have arrived? Because we are in Christ, we have arrived? Huh? No, we haven't arrived. We still have much lingering corruption and impurities in us. If we are honest with ourselves, if I am honest myself, we have to say that we don't praise God as he should. We don't live for his glory as we must. We need to do this. We need him to do this work in us. And we must know that he does this for our good. When God allows suffering in our lives, not only our endurance and character improve, but also our lives will more and more resemble that of Jesus Christ. Believe that all things work for our good, even in our suffering. God allows us to know this morning that our pain and suffering have a purpose. Verse 3 says, suffering produced endurance. Now, endurance is the power to last, the strength to abide, not giving up, not giving in. Through suffering, God grows us stronger, makes us more able to endure. Like an athlete, you can't wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to run 25 miles. (laughs) You can't do that. You can't even wake up in the morning and run a mile without doing what? training yourself. Is that right? You have to train for that. You have to train over and over and over again so that you can build up across the finish line if you don't endure. How about a boxer? One time I was interested in boxing when I was living in New York and so they had this ring out in the street and people could come up and they could uh, you know, give a hand at it. I thought, I thought, sure, man, I could, I could do this. It's crazy. You know, I'm, I'm young, I'm light, you know, and I got that form, you know, and I can dance around a little bit. Man, I got in the ring, I didn't last five minutes. <laughs> My heart was beating so hard, I was out of breath, I couldn't even breathe. And it was embarrassing because I did not train. A fighter had to train in order to endure a fight to get to round one, round two, round three, round four, if they're not knocked out, round five. How about playing basketball? It was so funny. I think we had something out here, and uh, yeah, we did, and some of the guys <laughs> was playing basketball, so I'm feeling good, like, man, I think I can throw that ball again. It's been, it's been quite a while. Man, I started throwing that ball, I was out of breath. On top of that, I couldn't even reach the basket. I was so embarrassed I could have crawled up in a little hole somewhere because I, ha- I didn't build up no endurance. It's been a while since I've been on the basketball court, and I used to love to play it. 
But I have to build up endurance in order to play. Makes sense, doesn't it? You have to build up endurance. Wow, praise God. We need him to do his work in us, and we must know that he does this work for our good. And when God allows suffering in our lives, not only our endurance and character improve, but also our lives will more and more resemble that of Jesus Christ. A runner, a fighter, a basketball player, endurance to do that. You need to hold on to God through difficult times. If something happens in your life that is hard and painful and frustrating and disappointing, we need to cling to God. Don't give in to bitterness and resentment and complaining. Bring your pain and suffering to God. Don't run away from him. God invites us to draw near to him that we might experience his healing and closeness. There was times in my life during the last four years, and I still do it today, that I would come to, I felt like I was coming to an end, that I was about to give up. I can't do this, God. I can't do this. It's just way too much. The burden is too heavy. Every day I see this, this young lady suffering because she's dealing with pain. She has so much pain in her head sometimes that she could not even bear it. And then she herself wanted to just give up. And we would just sit there at that kitchen table and talk it out. And I know that she can witness to that. I said, I'm going to tell you something. We're not going to give up. We're not giving in because I know that God loves us. I know that God saved us, and I know that he loves us, and I know that he's with us. So I'm not giving up. I don't care whether you get your memory back or not. I don't even care about that. As long as you are alive, and God has blessed my soul. In Psalms 34, 18, it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirit are crushed to his steps. What do you do when you're suffering? What do you do when you're going through afflictions? What do you do when you're frustrated with life? Job says, My foot has held to his step. I have kept his way, and I have not turned aside. Then we need to trust in his word. Believe in God's promise. Job says in verse 12, I have not departed from the commandments of his lips. I have treasured the word of God more than my portion of food. And as we look at Job's life, we can see that strength grows from struggle and courage developed in challenges and wisdom matures from suffering. When we fill our minds with God's word, we are reminding ourselves of who God is what he is like. And we replace the lies of the enemy with truths of our good God. Then in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean upon your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. When we trust Christ, 
We will not give in to bitterness and resentment and complaining. Our faith will endure and persevere. It means that God is using suffering to make our faith unbreakable. What would you say this morning? Would you say that your faith is unbreakable? What happens in the near future? Might not be happening to you now, but what happens in the near future? Your, when suffering enters into your life, will your faith hold out or will your faith fail? God has used it to make our faith unbreakable. Suffering produced endurance, and endurance produced character. And endurance produced character. Character is often tested when we go through difficult times, like precious metal going through fire to rid of its impurities like gold or silver. Character is a word we often use to describe the whole of who a person is by what we see, what type of person we are. No. Character is getting at what kind of person we are, what good or bad qualities we possess. We might think character is grown by doing the right thing and avoiding the Wow, he's got good character. I don't see him doing anything wrong. But God, by his grace, he takes us where we won't go ourselves. We won't go on our own. None of us run, through, run to suffering. If suffering was over there, not one of you would run to it. You would run the opposite way, and I would too. Because suffering is not easy. Suffering is not light. It's the same thing suffering when somebody else is suffering. Recently, I think I began to tell my wife, you're not the only one that's suffering here. Sometimes we have little disagreements and things like normal husband and wives do. And I said, you know what? You're not the only one that's suffering because we are one. If you suffer, I suffer. So by God's grace, he takes us where we won't go on our own to produce in us what we cannot produce on our own. You cannot Build your own character. Did you know that? <laughs> you got nothing to do with your godly character right now. God is the one that takes care of that. Ask Paul, how did he earn his character with all the trials that Paul been through? He's got a list of that I can't even go through right now. Ask the Hebrew boys when they was put into the fire's furnace, what tested their character? Ask Joseph, when he was put in jail, because we had nothing to do with part of a wife, and she lied on him, and he put him in jail, asked, asked him, how was he trained? And believe it or not, God has done a great work in me through this suffering that we are going through. I can't say go. And this is what God does. You can't do that. Here is you got to be able to see the heart that God is the only one who can do that. So through this suffering, I begin to examine myself. I begin to humble myself. I begin to see where my, where my faith was, how, how strong my, my faith was. Many, many of people walk away. I know of a young lady that had recently got married. 
maybe less than two or three years, she wound up with cancer. You know what her husband did? He walked right away. He said, I can't do this. I cannot do this. It was so sad that she was left by herself because he could not endure. He could not take it. He could not understand suffering. Many people blame God because of the suffering that their wives or their husbands go through. They blame God. They can't understand why God allowed suffering into their lives. Job 23.10 says, but he knows the way that I take. When you go through suffering, you are not alone. You will never be alone. God. And when he has tried me, Joel realized that when suffering come upon him, he is being tried by God. Not that God calls the suffering, but he allows the suffering. He said, when he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. Job trusted God would use his suffering for good and he would emerge purer and holier. Suffering is unbearable if you are not certain that God is for you and with you. There's a quote out of Tim Keller's book, Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. It is unbearable if you are not certain that God is for you and with you. Now that suffering has produced in us endurance, a faith that is unbreakable. Is that you today? And endurance has produced in us a character that has been proven. Is that you today? Are your character proven? Have it stood the test of time? Have you been through the furnace of suffering? And then a proven character produce hope. How does character produce hope? But don't sometimes we believe our suffering and trials remove us from the hope we had at the end of verse 2. I mean, when you go through something, don't you kind of question yourself? Lord, what have I done? (laughs) We do that. That's what my wife asked. God, why do you allow this to happen to me? Why do I have to walk through this? I was living, seemed like such a, a good life. And I want that life back. I want to understand. I want to know. And since I lost my memory, I know I can never be that person again. So I gotta, how can I figure all this stuff out myself? That's suffering. That is suffering. But don't sometimes we believe our suffering and trials remove us from the hope that we had at the end of hypocrites. The flood our mind. We fear that maybe we are hypocrites. <laughs> that our faith is not real. This could be one of the greatest obstacles to the full and strong hope in the glory of God. But when your faith has been tried in affliction and you persevere, thin it, then you know, then you know, when you didn't walk away from the suffering that came into your life and you endured, to which it helped build your character. It helped your character to be proven. And then as your character is proven, then it leads to hope. 
so doubt can begin to flood our minds and we fear that maybe we are hypocrites, our faith is not real. This could be one of the greatest obstacles to the full and strong hope in the glory of God. But when your faith has been tried in affliction and you persevere by the grace of God, through all this your character has been proven genuine and authentic, then you know you are real and not a fake Christian. That gives you hope that you really are a child of God and you will inherit his glory. But our suffering is, is not only, our suffering not only brings us back to hope, which is in verse 2. Our suffering makes more certain of our hope because they work these things into us for our own good, as in Romans 8. And the last question, what do we possess that allows us to endure through suffering? We have the hope of future glory and the present reality of God's love and the Holy Spirit. So we trust God for the future. That is where we rest our hope. Hope will not put us to shame, verse 5. Hope never, now faith, hope, God's love. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is what? God's love. Romans 8, 35. What the Romans 8.35 tells us, it tells us, for, what, for who, who can separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded and why? Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God's love is not a drip. It is not a drip. It is a full stream intended to soak our souls and fill us up to the brim and overflowing. How can I rejoice through this suffering? How can I do it? Because God has filled my heart with his love through the Holy Spirit. To simply put it, our hope is rooted in the genuineness of our proven faith in Jesus Christ. And his Holy Spirit has come into our life and has poured the love of God into our hearts. How can one smile as they are sitting in a wheelchair? Hmm? How can one talk about the goodness of God when they are going through chemotherapy? How can one do that? They can do that because of the two pillars is, is God's love been put into your heart and you have the Holy Spirit in you. When suffering, we should feel a personal experience of God's love flooding the heart during suffering with a sense of God's reality and love. And then our hope is in Jesus coming to a close. Jesus is our greater, the greatest sufferer. First Peter 3.18 said, For Christ also suffered once for sin, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. Man, our hope should not be in this world. Our hope is that one day the Jesus Christ will present us to his Father as blameless. Jude, Jude 124 says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless for the presence of his glory with great joy. 
And then you are not alone. You are not alone. In Hebrews 12.1, witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He suffered, despising the shame, and is seated now at the right hand of the throne on high. Because Jesus made it, you can make it also. Because he made it, you can make it also. Walk with God through pain and suffering. I never said that suffering would be easy. None of us really want it. We don't want it in our lives if we're honest with ourselves. But I can say that God will be with you every step of the way. God wants you to know that suffering isn't strange. Suffering is his furnace where he faithfully molds us, shapes us, and grows us. We know it is God who allows us to suffer. It is God who holds us in our suffering. It is God who gives us peace in suffering. It is God who gives us access to grace in suffering, which causes us to rejoice in suffering because we abound in God's love. Are you suffering this morning? What are you dealing with that is causing you to struggle? Maybe you don't know how to respond to whatever you are going through. I hope I have answered all the questions that you may have, may have had about suffering. How do we respond in suffering? We rejoice. How can we rejoice in our suffering? By knowing that God is shaping for himself an eternal people. A what do we, who he will spend in through sufferings. We have the hope of glory of the future and the present day reality of God's love and the Holy Spirit in us. As Christians, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And his spirit, Holy Spirit, is a guarantee of our salvation and a future hope. I remind myself every time I pray, God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit, huh? which is a guarantee of my salvation. For everyone who knows Christ, God has placed his Holy Spirit in them. It's a guarantee of our salvation and of future hope. We need to say that in our lives. But how about you who haven't put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross? There is no justification. There is no grace to stand in without putting your faith in Jesus Christ. And there is no hope of the glory of God. And lastly, what are you going to do with suffering that will come into your life? Don't let this special time pass by. Jesus is saying to you, come unto me, and I will give you rest. If you want to respond to what you have heard, whether it's about suffering or you want to know Jesus, you can come up and someone will pray for you. Let us pray. Father, may we learn to trust in your sovereignty and sufficiency of Jesus Christ in our lives.
and to know that you use suffering for our good. May we rest in the hope in your presence and in our lives that now and for the future. All these blessings we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.